Well, hello. This is Ebony, and you are tuned into Fixing Single, the podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by. This is my very first episode. Um, So, you know, it's long, long overdue. I have been talking about and thinking about doing a podcast for quite some time. I actually joined a meetup, you know, about, I don't know, like maybe a year or so ago and signed up for a class and learned, you know, the one-on-one of podcasting and was like, okay, I need to get this equipment and I need to do this and I need to do that. And it just, you know, took a really long time for me to get to this point where I just said, I'm just going to do it, you know, and I'm going to put it out there and just see what happens and not wait until I have the perfect equipment or wait until I have just everything perfect before I do it because then it would never get done. So I thank you for, uh, again, coming on this journey with me and listening to a little bit about what I have to say. So I just want to talk a little bit about how we got here. Uh, Fixing Single has been quite a journey. Um, Just to give you a little bit background on me, um, it wasn't until, literally until I was about 30 years old that I really started to take a different approach or just had a different outlook on dating in general. Uh, Prior to that, (laughs) I was just in these streets. I wasn't really concerned uh, <laughs> with, uh, you know, things like longevity and marriage and family and all of that stuff. And then, you know, 30 comes at you really, really fast. And I decided that, uh, you know, maybe I should, you know, give this dating thing a try. And I was not very good at it. And so I decided, well, you know, what I always do when I'm not good at something, I research it and I figure out how to become better. And so really took, you know, um, a few years just studying relationships and reading books and podcasts and movies and whatever I could get my hands on to kind of understand how to be a better dater, I guess, and um, how to be a better person and be somebody that someone else would be interested in wanting to date. And I think what I've always had going for me um, is that I've always been, you know, even as as a kid, have always been, you know, pretty empathetic, um, you know, pretty sensitive to energies and also really, really curious, you know. And so, you know, in doing that and in talking to, you know, married couples and single people and guys and girls and, you know, you just start to see a lot of commonalities. Uh, but the other thing is, uh, is perspective, right? So when you're in your situation, whether it's marriage or, you know, whether you're in a relationship, a lot of times you just don't have the opportunity to be able to kind of transpose yourself out of that and kind of be able to look at it with a different lens. And I just think I've always been really good at having just different perspectives and always being very flexible with, you know, with, I guess, what I know to be true, right? I'm always open to maybe there's a different way to do this thing. And so in the summer of 2013, when I moved to Atlanta, 
I uh, dated quite a bit and had some great experiences and and not so great experiences. Uh, But it led me to be curious around kind of like what people are looking for, why they do the things they do, why they choose the partners they choose. And I kind of got a reputation amongst my friends of just being somebody that you can go to for all of this dating advice. And I loved it. Like I love, you know, talking about relationships. I love challenging what we think relationships should look like. Um, And I've just been seen as somebody that gives really, really great advice. And so one of my friends said, oh my gosh, you should absolutely turn this into like a side hustle, a business, uh, because I, you know, hang with some very uh, ambitious and Uh, very talented uh, women and men. And I said, okay, you know, why not? You know, it's, it's, you know, you can always use another stream of income. And so that kind of birth, fixing single. And so that got launched as like a, a legit LLC back in. So if it's 2019 now, so that would be 2017, I think. So 2017, I launched that in the summer and I originally wanted it to be obviously like, you know, dating, like being a dating coach. So if you need help with your profile, I can write that for you. If you need help with your pictures, you know, we can figure that thing out. And then also it was less about matchmaking, like really not at all about matchmaking and more so about how do you become a better person? Because again, that was the commonality that I would see. Like it's, it's rarely the other person's issue and really more about your own issue. It's like working on yourself. There's a lot of like shit that people are carrying around and projecting into the world that is, is quite frankly, um, preventing them, you know, from finding what it is that they're looking for. Um, because a lot of times they don't even know what they're looking for. They don't know what makes them tick. Um, you know, they don't know what truly drives them and their decision. They're just not self-aware. And so it was really more about coaching people to become like more self-aware, uh, because that's just my, my personal belief that the, the better, um, you are at, at knowing yourself. Um, I think the easier it gets, I don't think dating is easy, but the easier that it can get. And so that was what the plan was to, you know, do blogs and coach and this, that, and the other. And I don't know, it just never felt, I don't know. It just never felt like that was the direction, you know, it just, it didn't feel like it was the direction I wanted to take it, you know? Um, and so I, was listening again, like I always do, listening to some, you know, random podcast. And it just struck me that everything that you do off the side of your desk does not have to be a business. Um, It can be a hobby. And that really clicked for me because I really felt like trying to turn fixing single into a business just wasn't clicking for me. But to treat it as a hobby and to say, hey, how about we just have fun with this and talk about, you know, relationships and, you know, give people advice just, you know, randomly and not try to monetize it. Is there a way to do that? And so at the top of the year, I decided, you know, this is what I want to do with it. So I really want Fixing Single to be more so of an experiment. Um, I am still, a, you know, single lady 
you know, in a really fabulous city. And so wouldn't it be really cool to kind of document? (laughs) That's so scary. Putting yourself out there. Would it be kind of cool to document um, your journey, you know, um, as a single person and trying to date and, you know, looking to have, you know, a healthy long term relationship and what that looks like. And then along that journey, talking to other people, other singles, married couples about their relationship and, and, and outlooks on dating and all of that stuff. And I thought that would be so much fun. And instead of thinking about like, how is this going to make money? How do we have like, I, I, I don't need to complicate myself with that. I have a regular job and it's it's great and, you know, it pays the bills. And so the hustle Um, around fixing single maybe just doesn't need to be there and I think that's what kind of kept me stagnant for so long because I didn't know like how I was going to make this a real business and so here we are March of 2019 and I really want this podcast to you know one obviously you know we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in my dating world and we'll get to that in a little bit Uh, but then also having Uh, people on to talk about their lives and their dating situations or relationship situations or situationships, whatever you want to call it. And I just thought it'd be fun. And I thought it'd be interesting to kind of put that out there. So that's what I'm looking to do. That's what the Fixing Single podcast is about. Um, And yeah, so that's what we're doing. Okay, so let's bring you all up to speed on what's going on with me. Uh, So the research that I did that I talked about a little bit earlier, I came across a fantastic book. Um, It's called How to Get a Date Worth Keeping. It is a book that I recommend to all of my friends and I am recommending to now my listeners, whoever's out there. Um, It is a fantastic book. The author's name is Dr. Henry Cloud. And so um, Dr. Cloud is both a psychologist could be a psychiatrist and he's also a Christian and so it's a really great book for anybody regardless of whether you know whatever your religious beliefs are it's a really really great book and about just taking you step by step on how to get a good date and a lot of it again is the self-awareness piece like what is it that you're really looking for and why what are the things that you may be doing to sabotage your own dating life that you may not even know about. And then, of course, there are practical tips about meeting people and, you know, stories and anecdotes and all of that stuff. But it is a fantastic book. I've read it several times. And, you know, that was one of the the, the things that I thought about, again, at the top of the year, as far as an experiment with Fixing Single was, what if I literally just did the exercise and talked about it, you know, on a podcast? And so that's kind of where the spirit of all of this came to be. And where I am right now, um, it's it's hard to explain. So we'll try to talk through this thing. (laughs) And I go back and forth with the whole dating thing and whether I want to do it or not. I joke all the time and, and maybe subconsciously I'm being serious you know, that I just wish there, I could do like an arranged marriage. Dating is just so, it's, it's just, it is, it is, it's work. It is work. And, you know, I think I've always been a romantic at heart, 
you know, even though I'm the product of a divorce, my parents divorced, I think when I was like in third grade. And so you don't really know how much of an effect something like that happens on or has on you. Uh, shout out to therapy, man. If, if you're not in it, you should be. Everybody should talk to someone professionally um, from time to time. But you don't realize like how much of an effect something like that has on you. And so I've always been one foot in, one foot out, you know, when it comes to dating and, you know, long term relationships and something that leading into marriage, because it's just like, uh, I don't I don't know how this thing is going to work out for me. I'm not quite sure if it's the right thing for me. Um, but I've always been very lukewarm, uh, to the whole dating aspect, which is just interesting in and of itself. But, you know, I would go on periods where I would date a lot and then just completely just take myself out of the game. And so I'm back in the game or at least trying to dip my toe in the game and I'm just finding it to still be, you know, not as that. I guess, romanticized vision in my head that I'm just going to meet somebody in Whole Foods and they're like, oh, you really like asparagus too? I'm like, yeah. And, you know, we end up riding off into the sunset. Uh, it, It may work like that for some people, but that has not been my experience thus far. And so I decided a couple of weeks ago that I was going to um, get back online and I kind of have a love-hate relationship uh, with the whole online dating in and of itself but when you think about it practically right you know I've been out of college for quite some time and we're just not at this age not in an there's not a structured environment where you're meeting people that are of your age you know kind of same trajectory all in one contained space you know, people have jobs and lives and hobbies and things outside of that. And so being able to get in front of other single people that you might be attracted to or what have you just isn't as easy as it once was. And so I understand the practicality and what it, it makes sense to be online. It's just um, I just. I guess I just have hangups about it, you know, um, and then some a lot of times you just have to go through quite a few people before you just meet the one per or a few people that are remotely decent. You know, um, I think people's social skills tend to be off like that's Again, I am talking about my experience. So I would love, you know, if you if you've had something different, um, would love to talk with you about that. But I just find that, you know, conversation is lacking. Uh, people are just generally awkward. Um, I do personally like a, a, a tinge of weirdness in, with guys. Like I, I do like quirkiness like that. That doesn't bother me. But um, I just think a lot of the the guys that I come across online are just they just tend to be weird. And I'm just like, oh, that's why you're online. But then what does that say about me? Am I super weird and awkward, too, because I'm online? So anyway, those are my conflicts. Uh, with being online, but I will tell you, you know, I had a really great experience um, a few years ago when I was on Tinder before I guess it was really dubbed the hookup app and met a young man that had finished seminary. And even though we didn't work out, oddly enough, that relationship, because he was just such a dope individual, a dope Christian, 
um, that that really kind of led me back to my, you know, walk and my faith walk uh, with God. And really, that was kind of the jumping off point. I had always been in church and had grown up um, knowing um, knowing the Lord, but, uh, it wasn't until that, you know, situation, um, and dating that person that I really said, huh, I can't have a different, you know, relationship with my religion. And, um, so that was a really great, I mean, it was an awesome experience, but I, I just still feel like just dating online is kind of like my plan B. Um, I always encourage people that, you know, to think of online dating as like your insurance policy, right? So you're driving a car and you obviously intend to be a safe driver. You do not intend to get into a wreck, but you have insurance just in case you do. And so I apply that to the dating world by saying, hey, you still need to go out and and meet people. Like you need to go to functions and you need to speak to people at the grocery store. You need to be out there. You need to be living your life. But also have online dating because you just never know. You know, you could meet somebody on there. Um, it's just another avenue uh, to kind of broaden your horizons and meet somebody you probably would have never met otherwise. So um, I'm taking my own advice and recently, like maybe, I don't know, three weeks ago, got on Bumble. Um, I do enjoy the um, the whole swiping thing and kind of making it a little bit easier. I don't, I, I'm not a really big fan of, even though I've done it, I'm not a big fan of like the match.coms and some of those other websites because I don't know. Let's do another analogy because that's just kind of how I like to talk. When you are out and about and you see somebody, maybe you see them from across the room or you've said a quick hello to them, you are basing that interaction, like whether you like them and whether you want to talk with them a little bit more based off of just the energy of vibe. You don't know at that point what their Zodiac sign is. You can only guesstimate like maybe how tall they are. You don't know what they do. You don't know anything about them, but you know, like, huh, I'm interested and I would like to learn more about this person. And you proceed from there. I feel like when you get on match and eHarmony, it's so... I don't know. It's just like you you read through all these people's bios and you're making all these uh, judgments before you really get to know the person. Like, that's just not how it works in the real world. Like you're I see a person and their profile doesn't just pop up. I just get a vibe off of them and say, OK, I'm interested. And I feel like the Bumbles and the Tenders kind of replicate what goes on in actual like real life. I see somebody's picture real quick. I might see a blurb about them. And then from that, I will decide whether I want to swipe left or swipe right. So I think it mimics more, in my opinion, what it is like in real life versus the match.coms, the eHarmonies, all these things that make you kind of fill out a profile. And I don't know. That's just my opinion. And again, always interested in other people's perspective. But I say all that to say, got on Bumble. I do enjoy the fact that you can you know, you're the first person to talk, like you have to initiate the conversation. So you don't have all of these like randos, um, in your, uh, message box, but I don't know. Um, like I said, the online dating thing just still has its challenges for me. Um, I was talking with a friend over dinner and she was saying like, she was kind of doing her own little survey and was like, well, how do you choose who you're going to swipe left and swipe right on? And so, you know, I kind of gave her my, 
my spiel, you know, basically kind of look at the picture. Is it, does it look like it's a updated picture? Is it grainy? Like what they're angry? like, you know, just make sure that the picture's decent. Um, if they have something written about them or not, whether they have a check or not, because that shows whether they verified who they actually are. Um, and I, you know, I try not to look too deep into that, but I really try to go off a gut reaction and that will determine whether I swipe left or swipe right. She was like, huh, interesting because that's not how men do it. Right. They do it totally differently. So I'm like, oh, really? Tell me a little bit more about this. And so she goes on to tell me that the guys that she has talked to, all they do is just swipe right on everybody. It's basically a numbers game for them. And so they are either watching TV, lifting weights, whatever, and they are just swiping right on every single girl. And then whoever they match with, they'll go back then and kind of do uh, their due diligence and see if this is somebody that I would be interested in uh, talking with a little bit further. And I thought at first, my first gut reaction was to hate on it and just be like, that just is, that's just not right. That's so disingenuous and, you know, whatever, that's wrong. But then I said, man, what an efficient way to get it done, actually. You know, so we kind of front load as women um, or I'll just speak for myself, kind of front load and say, well, let me look and see if this would be somebody that I would really be interested in first before I swipe right on them. Uh, And that person may never even swipe right on you. And you spent, you know, a good 45 seconds of your life trying to vet whether this person is somebody you would even be interested or consider. And so from a just a practical standpoint, the whole swiping right on everyone is kind of a good tactic. And so I decided I'm going to try it. I'm going to start swiping like a guy. And literally from the time that, you know, my friend took me from the restaurant to another event that I was going to. So that might have been a seven to 10 minute car ride. I had 32 matches just swiping right, swiping right, swiping right. And then I would go back and kind of sift through their profiles and look at their pictures a little bit more. And then from there decided who I really wanted to uh, continue a conversation with. And literally since that day, that is what I've been doing. I have been swiping like a guy. Um, And I recently asked um, Bumble if I could get my actual statistics, like how many connections have I made? You know, how many times I've swiped right on people, just all of the data, just to to see, you know, the type of progress of what I've done um, in the last four weeks. But I would guesstimate that I've probably had upwards of 200 connections. Uh, You know, again, maybe a third of those have led to actual uh, back and forth conversations. And then I've had a a couple of phone calls, but it really kind of goes back to, you know, maybe this is the better way to do it um, because it really is a numbers game. You have to get your numbers up in order kind of for that funnel uh, to make it to, you know, potentially going on a, a real live date. I still, um, even after, you know, dipping my toe in the water for four weeks, still have this love-hate relationship with these online apps or maybe the people that are on them because it's just like, you know, the conversations are typically hella dry. Again, you have some that, again, reach that, that you know, exchanging phone numbers uh, stage and, and what have you, but it just, it's a lot of work.
And it just makes someone like myself, who's already lukewarm about the whole thing, just say, I just will take my chances on meeting my man in Whole Foods in the vegetable area. I don't know. So that's where I am. That's what I'm doing. Um, And we'll continue to update you all on how that's going. Um, I'm a social person, you know, anyway, have always been, like I said, I love um, Atlanta. It's a fantastic city. There's never a shortage of things to do, have a really great network um, and and always am getting pulled into really unique places and circles and what have you. And so I think from that standpoint, what I probably will challenge myself to do is rather than just sticking to the people that I know and come with and having those conversations, being a little bit more mindful and speaking with new people, new men in particular, because I can, you know, strike up a conversation with anyone, um, you know, who is smiling and is friendly. Uh, but I think the whole purpose of this exercise is obviously to, uh, you know, meet more uh, people of the opposite sex. And one of the things that Dr. Henry Cloud talks about um, specifically is meeting five men a week, like not just, you know, oh, I spoke to this person, you know, casually. It's like, do they have a way to get in contact with you? Was there enough of an interaction to spark some type of interest? Like you have to get your numbers up. And so meeting five people a week uh, for me is not hard, but actually engaging with people of the opposite sex to a point where uh, they could possibly show interest and that could possibly lead to a date is not something that I've been particularly uh, good at or intentional about. And so I will, you know, definitely work on that um, in the coming weeks. One other thing that I want to leave you all with, uh, something that has caught my attention. I was um, on Netflix. One of the things I love to do is just I love documentaries. I love kind of reality type stuff. And I stumbled upon Dating Around. So there's this original Netflix series and it was released on February 14th of this year. And it follows six individual six singles who are, you know, dating and looking to get into a relationship and it sets them up on five individual blind dates. It is so interesting and so painful. It's almost like looking at a car wreck that you just can't take your eyes off of because it is real interactions, the awkwardness of first dates and the weird conversations and it's just it's and it's it's it, it's very um, diverse. So you have um, same sex couples. You have an older guy who's like 70. He's a widower and he is trying to find, um, you know, his boo thing for the next few years of his life. Um, it's very, very interesting. And it's really, really heartwarming. And like I said, at the at, you know, at the beginning of this episode, I am I feel like I'm kind of like a romantic. And so I love to see when things you know work out for people and so if you're curious and looking for something to get into I would certainly recommend taking a look at dating around again it's on Netflix Um, so you'll be hearing a little bit more from me in the meantime if you have any questions uh, I will definitely uh, be doing a segment on the show answering questions that you know listeners uh, write to me so if you have a question or you have feedback or comments you can reach me uh, by emailing info 
at fixingsingle.com. You can also visit the website and check around. I'm going to be doing some updates to it. Um, I just haven't had a whole, whole lot of time, but really I'm trying to make that a priority. But you can check out fixingsingle.com. You can also find me on Twitter at fixingsingle or Instagram at fixingsingle. Um, so there's a number of ways that you can reach me. Would love to hear from you and would love to get your feedback on my very first episode. Uh, hopefully I will get better at this thing. It is actually surprisingly difficult to you know be a single person podcaster like I cannot wait to have some guests so we can talk and have a conversation and is it just me talking for 30 minutes but anyway thank you so much for tuning in and I will get with you all next time have a great day bye